Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. It's NFL Draft Day, which has always been um, something that um, I've been interested in, even though my interest in the NFL has gone up and down because the league is really a, a cesspool. Um, but yeah, I know, I know we're going to talk about this, Russ, but th- I want it, it's, it's funny. And people don't, people don't re- remember this, but the NFL draft used to be held in like some ballroom in New York city. Well, that was the original, original. Yes. I mean, I, I've been, wa- okay. I've been watching the NFL draft since it was on ESPN and Pete Rozelle was the, was the commissioner and they, it, it was held on like a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday more, no Monday morning or Tuesday. Mo- and I used to like fake to be fake being sick from school. Right. To stay home and watch the draft. Um, and you know, it wasn't the extravaganza that it is now. And the thing I hate about it that I hate about it now is it's going to start at seven o'clock. Jacksonville knows they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like, they're not going to walk right up and say Trevor Lawrence. They have nope. to give the friggin' networks enough time to show their B roll of him throwing touchdown passes at Clemson and talk about how this is a great pick or talk about how it's, I mean, talk about it after the pick. Don't talk about it before. I mean, the NHL does the same thing. Most it, of the time they know. And, but the, and, NHL, but the NHL, what's, what's the, for the first round, what is it? Five minutes, 10 five minutes, minutes yeah. five minutes. It's 15 minutes for the I NFL. Know. I know it's, and look, and it's, it's three days now. Like it's just, it's a beast in what it is. I went in 2000 and that was, and, and for a long time, that's where they were holding it at the uh, theater at MSG. Thanks, Timothy. <laughs> so, and you know, it was fun at MSG, and that was the year that Jets took Pennington, and 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 that was you know there was there was some hope there. I feel like even though Zach Wilson could be terrific, and I wrote a really good article about him, I think there's a lot to like. Right. I can't say I'm as hopeful with that pick as I was even with Pennington, who I knew very little about. So. And I just think that's the current state of the uh, the team and, and everything else. When I look at this draft, though, and here, well, this team might trade up and that team might trade up. Um, you know, I'm getting the feeling that you might find one team that gets to trade up into the top 10, and that's it. Maybe and, one. Yeah, that it's a lot of bull crap. Yes. Yeah, because because okay, uh, um, Todd McShay a couple days ago said, "Well, the Buffalo and the Bills are at 30. and this is okay in the era of COVID right now with places closing early. Um, my friends and I we have a tradition of finding a, a place in Buffalo uh, that has good wings and some beer and hang out for a while and watch the and watch the draft and wait until the Bills pick. Well, the Bills are picking thirty. There's no yeah. guarantee. They said last year that the thirtieth pick went at about eleven thirty, and because yeah. of COVID, most nobody of the, will be open. 
is cl are closing at 11. So we could find out as we're driving home from closing the place that uh, who the Bills picked or they could trade up or they could trade out of the first round. So right. that's what I mean. It's like 15 – yeah, if I if there will be, I would say three or four teams that will pick within five minutes of like the clock starting. Every single one of them are gonna let the clock run down to like three minutes, and it's such crap. It really is. It's, it it's is. a waste of time. But at the end of the day, they'll they'll drag it out a bit. Uh, you know, the Jets had two first round picks. I'll see what they do with their second one. We'll see what kind of real dealing goes on. I think it's going to be predictably quarterbacks. I think the quarterbacks are going to go top four. Uh, you might even see five. Well, you can't see five because of Cincy. Top four. Uh, unless Cincy trades out, like maybe someone says, hey, trade with us and you can still get Sewell here. Or And I'm not even convinced they're going to get Sewell, but they probably will. Well, the, um, the – the crux of the first round apparently is going to be Atlanta because Atlanta's got the fourth pick. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. We don't know who the third pick is. It could be Mac Jones. It could be Lance. Um, yeah. But that 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 San Francisco pick is going to be a quarterback at four. There's a lot of talk about them taking the tight end Kyle Pitts, who I don't know much about because I really don't watch college football. But everybody is saying that he's like the best tight end since. Uh, um, the guy for Kansas City. Oh, you're you're talking about Kelsey. I Kelsey, yeah, yeah. Maybe I would say, um, is it, I don't know. He he doesn't remind me of a Kelsey. He reminds me more of Kittle. Yeah, and you know, to be honest, and who's really good. And the Jets didn't pick him, and they could have. So yeah, I don't think anybody could complain about either one of those guys. But that, but if Atlanta takes him, then the, the draft goes in a certain direction. And if yeah. Atlanta trades out of four and gets a bunch of draft picks and moves down, and the other team takes the quarterback, then it could affect the the rest of the. the yeah, we'll, of the we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. um, Mob talk is like asking, "Did I get my Shit's Creek Funkos yet?" Mob talk, look up, look directly behind me. That is a complete set behind me. Okay. This is this is like the David one, and then the whole set's back here. So yeah, got it covered. I've got books. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, April 29th, twenty twenty one. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, let's start where all good things must start with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, <laughs> who clinch who clinched a, a clinch a playoff spot yesterday in the North Division with a four to one victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Now, I, like I just wrote in my uh, piece up for piece for Hockey Buzz, um, Montreal is play it was on their fourth game in six nights. They were without Carey Price. They were without Jonathan Drouin, who um, has taken a leave of absence, which is a little mysterious, yeah. uh, without Brendan Gallagher. Um, and they had just won a game against Calgary where that essentially iced their playoffs. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not yeah. mad. It doesn't really matter what they do now. Yeah. Right, exactly. So there wasn't a lot of motivation there other than the fact that this is the team they were going to play. They're likely going to play in the first round of the playoffs. And honestly, if the if if the first round will, is that easy, the Leafs have nothing to worry about. Now, obviously, I don't think that that's going to be the case. You know, they'll. I think the games. Well, the Leafs are very good at clinching. At the rest of the stuff, right. not as good. 
Right, exactly. So, you know, they play Montreal three straight games in the uh, next week, I believe. Uh, yeah. third, third through the ninth of May, they play them. Th they play the Habs three times. I have a feeling those games will be a lot tougher, Russ, than the game. Maybe last not the first one. Maybe the last two. Right. Like There's going to be. They're going to take their foot off the pedal for at least one of them. Maybe even two of them. Yeah. Both teams. But I. But I also can see and. The Leafs still have something to play for. They're up seven points on Edmonton. Edmonton's got two games in hand. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Edmonton catches them. Although I, you know, it's gonna, it would be, it would take a massive choke job by the Leafs to to not finish in first in the North. Um, but it would be the difference between playing Winnipeg in the first round or playing Montreal. Yeah, I just, I, I think we're at a point now where for every good game there is on the schedule for the NHL, there's going to be three really mediocre games. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't watch your team play, but I'm just saying uh, as we get closer here, everything is just going to mean a little bit less until the playoffs start. Well, yes, they're going to play. Yes, they're going to play fairly hard. They're not. These teams that have already decided, even if they're jogging, jockeying for playoff position, yeah. are not going to leave it all out on the ice for these last six, seven, eight, nine games, they're not going to do that, right? And, and and here's here's something that we talked about earlier, and, and really, I I've railed against what the NHL is doing with Vancouver, and you yeah, know it's really not great. I mean, Vancouver, okay, Vancouver, the the COVID coma has commenced with the Canucks as we thought it was going to, it didn't happen at the very beginning. They, you know, they, they on pure adrenaline and the goaltending of Braden Holpe beat the Leafs two games in Vancouver. And then I think they won another game. And then all of a sudden they've lost two to uh, two to Ottawa. And this is, you know, the, the situation here is if Calgary is mathematically eliminated before the what was supposed to be the end of the regular season, which was I think it was the 12th of May. Um, they have like three games against Calgary. Vancouver does. Yeah, Those games will be meaningless. Meaning they may start the North Division playoffs while those games are still being played. If they if they don't factor in 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 the playoff matchups, so you're going to have three meaningless Calgary Vancouver games. That could be played at a practice facility for all they for all those you know, right. and nobody's. It's not going to be on the radar because the playoffs will be going on at that time. So who the frig is going to care about Calgary? You know, it's not going to be this seamless, Mike. You you laid out a scenario where the playoffs could be held up a week. Yeah. And for some reason, I think that that's going to happen just because it shouldn't happen. Well, scheduling wise, they have to plan for both eventualities. Right. Because, you know, I mean. In a perfect world, Montreal uh, uh, clinches um, the playoff spot. You know, before those three games between Calgary and Vancouver, and or Calgary has a losing streak. But if they stay within mathematical, like they Montreal would have to be more than six points up on Calgary to not um, to not have to the, the not have those games mean anything and to not delay the playoffs. But if it delays the playoffs, then you could have the playoffs start for the North division only on say May the 20th and yeah. catch up with the other divisions. They might have to play like back to back games and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah it'll be very interesting to see, but 
you know, again, as far as that Leafs game, you know, Jake Allen, we know he's not good enough to to help the Canadians in the playoffs. He was just there to take the heat off of um, Carey Price. That's it. Like that play behind the net that led to the fourth goal was awful. But the Matthews goal was incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know that I'm a I'm a harsh critic of. G- yeah, yeah, Matthews. Listen, good on him. He's gonna win the Richard. Ovechkin's missing some games now, and he just didn't have enough to to be able to catch a guy like Matthews this year. Even though that was my pick, I'm happy for Matthews. I I, I think this is good for the league. Yeah, it is, and uh, I mean. But I think what you're going to see, and he's got like a, I think it's a seven or eight goal lead on Rantanen, or I don't know if McDavid passed him with the hat trick, but he's got, yeah, he's got a sizable lead. So that might, I mean, I know he wants to win it, obviously. He almost won the Rocket Richard last year. So I know they want to rest people, they want to do a little um, uh, load management with some of their older players. I don't know what's going to happen tonight since they, you know, like Matthew, or I'm sorry, uh, Thornton and Spets have played really well last night against Montreal. This might be an opportunity to give them a rest and, and play yeah. Ingval and other players. Yeah, there's no reason to keep playing those guys a lot. Right. They're, you know, they will be better and they will be more effective uh, as fresh players going into the playoffs, especially. I mean, I, I have to say that fourth line, it's like, you know, everybody was ready to say, you know, to, uh, Get a shovel and dig the, dig the grave of Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton has played really well lately. He really yeah. has. So he was just, he was probably just conserving his energy, and or you know just like I mean knowing knowing when to turn it on. It's like in you know for a, for a month he was absent without leave, but now That's a good, good question. David asks, when was the last time an American won the Rocket? I can't remember his name, but was it was it the Sharks player that um, Chichu? Chichu, yeah. I thought I thought Kane won the rocket. Did Kane mm. ever win it? Well, I thought, Chichu, I thought Chichu won it one year, and then he fell off completely. Yeah. Well, um. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Rocket Richard winners. We're doing a little search as we go here. Good question, because I never really thought about it. Yeah. No, I, I haven't either. Um. Let's see. Pasternak, Ovechkin, 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 Crosby, Ovechkin. Oh, wow, God. Um. Corey Perry, Stamkos, Stamkos. Vinny Lacavier. This is back to 07. Yeah, Jonathan Chichu, 2006. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was American. Yeah, I think he's from. I forget where he's from. But I'm pretty sure he is though. Uh, Jonathan Chichu. No, Moose Factory, Canada. He's Canada, so he's not even American. I thought for some reason he was. So go further. Who is it then? Uh, Aginla, 04, Nash, Kovalchuk, Hayduk, Aginla, Bure, Bure, Solani. I don't think an American has ever won. Americans never won it. Well, then he, then Austin Matthews will be the first. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I thought Kane had won it, but no. Um, I guess. So yeah, I don't know why I thought Chichu was an American. I don't know why. Who knows? Now, um, now the Oilers beat the beat the Jets three to one last night. The Oilers' record against the Jets, I'm I'm pulling it up now. It's something ridiculous. I mean, they the Oilers really have had their number. Here we go. Okay, one and zero. Oh yeah, see, yeah, Jerk Paul figured it out for me. It's it's because he's from in, of Indian descent that probably confused me. Even though, of course, there's natives in, in Canada too, but that's probably what confused me about him. Uh, the Oilers have won six in a row against Winnipeg. Six in a row. Now, 
that could mean absolutely nothing when it comes to the. Yeah, book. I'm not gonna put too much into it. But I'll put a little bit into it, but I'm not gonna put too much into it because right. when the rubber meets the road, if all of a sudden the top line's not scoring the way it has been, they got a problem. We know that. So yeah. now I, I I I'll say this: I would be surprised if Winnipeg isn't a lot more physical when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, they will be. Against now, and, and this is the other thing. Tippett, I don't know whether Tippett can afford to put Dry on the wing with McDavid in a playoff scenario because if you shut them down, which is easier said than done, I know, but then you really have no other secondary scoring. It's it makes more sense to split them up. Maybe put them on the power same power play, but split them up, have Dry playing center center on the second line. Um, you know, have Nugent Hopkins. I mean, that would be ideal to start right. the playoffs. Right. And Winnipeg is one of the few teams that could match up with that because they could put right. – If you put them all on one line, you're making it easy for Winnipeg. Right. And But I think Winnipeg can deal with it if with Shifley and Dubois as the one-two. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously – McDavid has been able and and Drysaddle have been able to take advantage of Winnipeg's defense and that's been their um their Achilles heel and Jordy Ben was not enough enough of an upgrade to really help them. Now it's going to be up to Hellebuck to elevate his game. It really will be. Yeah. Now other other games last night um the Blues beat the Wild 4 to 3 uh and looking at that division. Boy, Robert Thomas with the big game winner. And you know what? It's funny because everybody was – He's one of those guys, by the way. He is one of those guys that could be laying in the weeds, but he's got a hell of a shot, man. And he he has won big games before. You know, three years ago, we mentioned the names – when we were talking about the Blues, we mentioned the names of Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Yeah. And three years later, who are two of their best players? They're there. Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And they brought them up the right way. They have. Right. I mean, Thomas was right away, but for Cairo, they've really done the right way. Right. Now, St. Louis is now uh, three points ahead of Arizona and has three games in hand on the Coyotes. So I'm ready to – where's the shovel? Let me throw the dirt on the Coyotes. Yeah. I'm thinking what they do, one year? I think, I, think, I think Thomas went back for one year, and then he joined the NHL, and then Cairo – I think he spent three years in the AHL. Um, he spent, all, yeah, at least two. At least two. Yeah. yeah. So now, now St. Louis. Interesting little stat here. Uh, in the last, since the trade deadline, Mike Hoffman has scored seven goals. Um, you know, it was simply. I mean, I, I don't know. We remember. When I our, think they were riding him to get production out of him. I think that was the the motive all along was just to kind of get him in gear. Because let's face it, he has had those kind of moments before where, you know, you feel like you do have to sort of give him an extra push. And I think that's all they were doing. And uh, Zach in the chat uh, was just mentioned what I was going to bring up. Uh, Clem Costin, who was, I believe, a first-round pick. He was. In 2016, maybe? Yeah, 16 sounds about right. Yeah, he was uh, on Avangard Omsk. Uh, or either he was either on Omsk or Siska uh, Moscow because uh, yeah. no he was on Omsk because he won. Um, now he's free uh, to join the Blues and he he would only have to wait for the quarantine. Right. Um, yeah, it's a good physical player to just add in or put in when you need him on the fourth line. That's fine. That's that's a good addition. Now Minnesota missed an opportunity to 
uh, eclipse uh, the Colorado Avalanche because they're one point behind the Avalanche. And Colorado uh, lost to Vegas. I watched that game. And I wouldn't put it all at the at the feet of uh, Devin Dubnik because he was making some pretty good saves, but there were some times where he was just under siege and like Devin Taves had a bad turnover and there were a few times where there were some gaffes on the uh, Avalanche defense. Guys like Stone looked good. Pacioretty got a few breaks. Mm -hmm. They're rolling right now, so it looks like Vegas is really good, but we also know that Vegas doesn't have the – most lockdown defense in the league either. So I do feel like if these teams were to match up, it'd probably go seven. Yeah. Now, right now it seems locked in Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. In my mind, um, Colorado's got the more difficult first round. Yeah, can, we, can we at least say now that Arizona's done? Uh, yes. yes. Here, Arizona, here you go. Even so, though even though Phil Kessel got his 18th goal last night, they're done. Yes, they're. I mean, the three, three. They're three points behind, but St. Louis has three games in hand. Yeah, that's the bigger thing. That's that's up. Once you gave a team like that with experience just that little bit of a chance, yeah. it's over. Even if they win two of the three games, they're seven points up on Arizona. So no. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know how long he's been back, but Petrangelo was back in the lineup for Vegas, which is good news. I mean, he's he may have been back for a while. I just really haven't been tracking the Golden Knights. But, I haven't been tracking that either. But it's going to be, you know, I mean, the dynamic of Vegas versus St. Louis and Petrangelo playing against his former team in a playoff scenario will be kind of – you know that'll be uh, appointment television to watch how that that plays out. But I yeah. think Colorado's got the more difficult first round match. Minnesota has had a really good year. Um, I don't know who they're going to go with and go with. Are they going to go with Talbot over Kakinen? Um, who it knows? Seems like they might. Yeah, I mean, there's the. I mean, there's and the. He is experienced. Yeah, the experience factor is in favor of Talbot. So. Um, Let's see. There were a couple other games. Uh, San Jose beats the Coyotes four to two. As he said, I think the Coyotes are done. And uh, Anaheim beats the LA Kings three to two. And this morning, uh, it was announced that Ryan Miller will retire at the end of the year. And I wanted to talk about that. Um, you know, obviously Ryan Miller was well loved in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. years. They got to cut consecutive conference finals with Miller as their goaltender. Kate was drafted. I think he was fifth round pick out of Michigan State. Yeah, fifth sounds about right for him. Uh, you know, sort He's of highly touted. Yeah, and you know, came out of college, spent I don't think he spent much time. I'm gonna look up his, his record. Well, I don't I think he was in Rochester for a year. Yeah, I don't I don't even think it was that much because but it was it was I mean it was it was let me let's see if I I would say he played half a season there, but let me let me okay he played three years at Michigan State. No, I'm I'm wrong on this one. Um, okay, he he played 47 games in Rochester in 0203, then played two years of over 60 games uh, oh. with with Rochester. One of the okay, but one of the years was the strike year was the the lockout. Okay, so he had no choice on that year, so. Right. Yeah, it's probably a year more than I thought he would have yeah. otherwise. I mean, I, I I covered him in the playoffs. I went and covered a game in Buffalo when the Flyers were playing against them and, and Miller was in there. That was when Hitch and um, and Lindy were, were were very volatile and I still yeah. have 
hits yeah. cursing on on tape on that um, that post game, and then uh, just when Miller would come through, he you know he had his good days and bad days, but he always talked to the media. Sometimes he was snippy, sometimes he wasn't, but he was a great competitor. He I was always amazed when I would see him in the locker room how skinny this guy was, and he really was, and he and and even just like thin ankles. Like it's just, it's amazing the amount of games he was able to play and what he was able to do without like any extra muscle that, I mean, I'm sure he's strong. Don't get me wrong. Wiry. He's very wiry. He's definitely wiry. And so without that muscle exterior to sort of protect him, but when he was locked in, Ryan Miller was as good as anybody. He is not going to make the hall of fame because as someone pointed out, Tom Barrasso can't get in the hall of fame. So I mean, he He's didn't want to. He didn't want a Stanley Cup, but I mean, but okay. And now, for, just just on the, the observation you just made, I, I lived in the same neighborhood as as he did for a number of years. He lived on the same street that I did, so I bumped into him uh, a number of times at like local like cafes and restaurants. Right. Yeah. Though, every time I saw him, I'm like, this guy's really an you know really an athlete. I mean, he's just. I know. You know, tall, thin guy, and you know, sort of kept to himself, very quiet. And, he had his grungy hair, you know. Yeah, he had the he had that he had the cap on. He looked like Kurt yeah. Green with the with the with yeah. the winter cap when it when it was eighty degrees in summer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, sort of unassuming guy. And but as for the where, okay, let's not debate the Hall of Fame. Let's debate greatest American goalie because. Barrasso is up there. And remember, Tom Barrasso has won two, won two Stanley Cups. He was drafted in the top 10 of, I think it was the 83 draft. I think it was fifth overall out of Acton Boxborough High School in, in Boston and stepped into the NHL out of high school and yeah. won the Vesna and won the Calder in the same year and then won consecutive Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. I don't know how – I mean, I know why he's not in the Hall of Fame because he's got the reputation of being a jerk. Yeah. But the resume is there for – No, the resume is good. I mean, I, I would put him in. Uh, look, Mr. Zero is, is number one. He's There's no beating him. Frankie Brimsek, yeah. Frank Brimsek's number one. There's no beating him. Uh, I do still think Mike Richter is number two. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to beat Mike Richter. And then, and then I think you do – I think then the debate wages – then I think it's then I think it's then I think it's Barrasso. Yeah, I think Barrasso probably is that next guy. Now I think that um, you know Miller probably slips in fourth ahead of John Van Beesburg. Yeah, I think Miller's just ahead of Van Beesburg. Yeah, and, but you know, okay, you could say that. I mean, I don't know if Winnipeg is going to win Stanley. Someone has a question mark for Richter. Really? What's the question mark with the World Cup and a Stanley Cup? Stanley Cup and a World Cup. I mean, okay. Well, the World Cup was impossible for the U.S. to win. Now Cameron Cameron has Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick is in there. Um, now he's won. He won two Stanley Cups. I know he won two Stanley Cups. Here's the thing: I am prorating what Mike Richter would have done if he didn't have a skull fracture. Right. That literally killed his career. If you remember back in 2000, um, the All-Star game was at MSG and they had the hard, um, that quick shot competition and goalies were doing that. And Richter tore his ACL during that competition, right? So they never did that again. So that, that was the first thing that, that happened to Richter. But that skull fracture is what, what killed his career because he was still pretty effective at that point. 
there's been a lot of ineffectiveness for Jonathan Quick for the last three, four, five years. Yes. So, yes, he has that extra Stanley Cup. I don't think he's better than Richter. I don't. Yeah. Now, okay, Miller currently is – his record is 390, 289, and 87. Goals against – career goals against a 2.64 and a 914 save percentage. Um, I'm going to look up John Van Beesbrook. Just to and Beesbrook didn't have a good Olympics either. He was a backup. Right. So that's the other thing. If he was a starter in the Olympics, that might have helped him. Now, Van Beesbrook has um, more wins but more losses, 374, 346, and 119. His career save percentage is under 900, but you got to yeah. remember that he played in the wide open – he played in the wide open offensive area. Look, I mean, not only was he great with the Rangers, but he also was great until he put his arm through a plate glass – a yeah. table that lacerated his wrist. But when he lost the job to Richter, like that was because Richter was better and Richter stayed better than Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook's time with the Panthers was incredible in the sense that there's no chance they were making the Stanley Cup without John Van Beesbrook. That was just unbelievable play by him. But again, he didn't do anything in the Olympics either. And so that's another thing where he had a chance to do something else. Richter's career uh, save percentage is 904. Um, th uh, 301 victories, 258 losses. Right, but his career was not long. His not career long. was his career was 11, 12, 13, uh, 13 seasons. For a goalie, it's not that long. For for what we talk about, a lot of goalies that have lasted, you know, over time. Yeah. So um, in those last two seasons by Richter, he didn't play even full seasons. No, he didn't. And early in his career, he was, you know, splitting time with Van Beesbrook when he. Yeah. Now, uh, Barrasso. Tim Thomas. The problem with Tim Thomas. Yes. Is he didn't play enough. And the legend of Tim Thomas is greater than Tim Thomas. He had a couple of years where he was the best goalie in the NHL. No question about it. But Tim Thomas was the best goalie in 2011. Yeah, but he would still. I mean, again, the Tim Thomas that ended his NHL career was completely awful with Atlanta, right? Right. So Tim Thomas is in the middle of the list somewhere. Uh, Barrasso's career save percentage, and this might also keep him uh, off, his career save, per save percentage was 892. Yeah, but again, yeah. Like that again era. He played, right, he played in the Gretzky era, in the Lemieux era. Where What's Grant Fuhrer's career save percentage? Yeah, uh, 369, 277, and 86 for Barrasso. Uh, but again, the hardware yeah. is let's see Grant Fear. Okay, Grant Fear. Hold on. Uh, save percentage eight eighty seven. So I'm saying he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you can't so, hold that save percentage against these guys. Right. It was the wild, wild west of scoring. Right, and and you can't match a guy like Brimzik's statistics because he played. No, you know he played in the forties. I mean, the one argument against Brimzik is that he played through the Warriors. He did, um, but the thing about it is the shutouts. Yeah, he had forty. He had forty shutouts in in nine in ten seasons, which you can't take that away from him. Right. 
Yeah, 252 wins, 182 losses, 80 ties, 2.70 career goals against. I mean, the 252 wins, a lot of goddamn wins. Yeah, that's that's that the averaging 20 average averaging 25 a year for 10 years. And for a league that played how many games? Uh 48. They play they play, yeah, they they I think it was 40. I'm pretty sure it was 40. It's something in that range and so think about the percentage of wins he had for his team. Yeah, in when it was the when it was the, only the six teams, they played sixty games, so they played each team twelve times. But you think you think the you think the North Division will be sickening if they if they if they play uh, an eighty-two game schedule and they can only play in Canada? I mean, that's that's what the original six was. They you know they took the the train trip to Montreal and Detroit six times a year. Yeah, Thomas may have a career save percentage of nine twenty. But again, he played in a different era, and again, he didn't play nearly as long as some of the other goalies that we're talking about, too. Yeah, um, interesting, interesting little discussion. But Ryan Miller, I, I know that in Buffalo, you know, he'll be looked upon as, you know, probably in Saber history, he'll be behind Hasek. Oh and, yeah, I mean, but, but I think he in Sabers history he eclipses Barrasso. He's the, probably the yeah. second the second best Sabers goaltender in their history. Well, I think I think he could still get a job with the Bandits. I mean, he doesn't smoke enough cigarettes. Uh, um, okay. Um, now speaking of the Sabers, and I know this has been a bone of contention for you, as Davey in the chat says, uh, they're playing Ukapakalukanen for the third time. Yeah, I don't see why. Well, the, the the reason why, and I'm not saying this is a valid reason why, but um, Linus Allmark and Carter Hutton are both injured, and the if, the reports are they're not going to play for the rest of the season. So um, they're going to play Tukarski down the stretch most mm -hmm. of the games. But I mean, if you want to give him a game or two, fine. I I, I just don't I don't like. Alternating him and Tokarski, um, they could play Hauser. It doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? They're allowed. I mean, I just don't think he's quite there. I see he's got a good save percentage. He got to win. Like let it. You're you're just asking for trouble if you keep throwing him out there, and I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, okay. In some league news, uh, Aaron Portsline reporting that the NHL. Uh, expects to receive the final expansion payment from the Seattle Kraken uh, on Friday, which will officially bring them in the league, and that ki that kicks in Ron Francis's ability to make trades, to sign players, and that the money, the expansion money, will be dispersed to NHL owners. And believe me, I'm sure they're counting every dollar. Oh yeah, they're they're going to look at their. They're going to look at their bank accounts that day and waiting for the electronic transaction. You know yeah. they are. Like people um, waiting for the 1400 bucks in the U.S. Yeah. Who's the first person Ron Francis should sign as a free agent? Nathan Gerby. No, just kidding. <laughs> I like Nate Gerby. Listen, he's had a nice little career. Well, I mean, okay, he can't sign anybody. He, we can. Well, he could sign somebody in the KHL who's a free agent. Yeah. So maybe somebody out of the case. Hey, he'd sign Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go a big fat no with that. <laughs> Nail Yakupov. There you go. So um, let's see. That's a good question. Well, hey, if he wants, if he wants to hope that he can um, uh, match the 
mojo of the Vegas Golden Knights, he could sign Reed Duke. Yeah. Because Reed Duke was their first signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. Could that be like another team signing David Need when the uh, when the Colorado Rockies had him? And he wasn't much. Well, maybe 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 he'll go down the road of uh, former Seattle franchises and sign Jim Zorn and uh, Sean Kemp or Jack. Jack You know what I'm going to do? I mean, is this? I can't seem to find out that the contract with Brock will run out on Carolina. He's over in Finland. Right. So, but is it there? Yeah, they they terminated. Right, so if they terminated that, that'd be the guy I signed. I, I'm bringing Jeremy Brocco in. There's a potential there to get a 50 point guy, and bring him in. Doesn't make him the fra- face of the franchise. Just makes it a deal because you can get him. There is somebody in in Russia though. Hold on, let me look it up. Let me. Definitely would make a Russian signing too. Because why not? You can get some headlines. Gosh, Jose. Um, well, okay, and okay, Jeremy Brocco. In 24 games with Kalpa in the SM Liga, has 17 points, two goals, 15 assists. Mm-hmm. That is not a high-scoring league. You know that. You know that's no. those are, that's pretty. That is pretty good offensive production for somebody. I mean, okay, he's got tw- he's got 24, 24, 17 points in 24 games. The leading scorer on that on that team in the Finnish league has 36 points in 57 games. So if you prorate his points per game, Jeremy Bracco would be leading yeah. in scoring. I mean, this, I'm telling you, this guy can play hockey. It, I've seen him enough to know what he can do, and I would definitely do it. You know, actually, um, I wonder if the Rangers will get Rykoff now. I don't. I, he's probably done with Siska. Yeah, I mean all the. I mean all these players. It depends on if their KHL contracts have have expired or, or they they have they have, if they haven't signed their NHL deals already, then then the only thing that could really happen is these players come over and play in the American Hockey League, right? Uh, and then their then their their contract will kick in, um, in the. The uh, the following year. Oh, I, I need I need to mention this just because I I I laugh. Yeah, Shipachov. Yeah, no, he's not coming back to North America. Um, I need to mention this because I just thought it was laughable. But I and I don't get me wrong. I understand the reasons why because uh, of of the limitations in terms of COVID in Canada. But the announcement now the Marlies shut down for two weeks because of a positive case. Um, they're resuming their schedule. I think, well, I think it's this week after, after being off for two weeks, but in the same announcement, they announced, Oh, by the way, uh, the North division is not going to participate in the Calder cup playoffs. So they played this season. They started in February again and playing against the same four teams. And now they're not going to be even involved in the playoff mix. Well, I mean, other than getting these players just a chance to get their blood flowing and play against competition, what was the point of this in the AHL in the North Division? I don't know. I don't know. I do have my guy that I'd sign, though. Okay. I think the rights have expired because of this weird way that Maxime Shalunov's season, uh, not career, has gone. But he was their second leading scorer, and I actually saw that he. Um, he was close to the playoff record because I get these emails from the KHL. Close to the playoff record in points, 
He's only 26. He's got, you know, he's got skills, man. I mean, that that's the kind of guy now, if his rights have truly expired, I'd get him. You're getting emails from the KHL. Are they sending like secret uh, doc? No, no, they send me stats and and various pictures and yeah, they, 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 it's various pictures of uh, Hunter Biden holding. A, <laughs> never mind. Just kidding. Yeah, um, see, I think I think his rights may have expired when he played the one season with the Toledo Walleye in the e ECHL. Okay. Well, no, no, but then no, you know what? His NHL rights indefinitely. Yeah, they, they don't. No, it's still indefinite. I thought maybe that broke it. No, it's still indefinite. I I would trade with the um, with the Blackhawks and get his rights. Okay. Uh, in some news and notes here, Philadelphia, uh, the Flyers announced that Carter Hart is going to be sitting out the rest of the regular season or the rest of the season because they're not making the playoffs with an MCL sprain in his left knee. Now, I didn't see an announcement of when he suffered that injury. No, I did, and actually. I watched the press conference when Elaine Vigneault was asked about Carter Hart, and he's like, "Well, it's taking a little longer." And then we, and you know, when that happened, I realized they were shutting him down. Like I, that's when I figured out they were shutting him down. They were playing um, Elliot every night, and so because at this point he's already had mental problems, you know, mental issues as so as far as you know, just. And it's not like, you know, mental illness. Don't go there, people. But it's just, you know, mental problems with the game, right? He, he had some of those this year. Definitely had some physical problems with the game as far as mechanics goes. So, again, why not shut him down? You don't want this to be a lingering thing over the summer. You want it to really – you want him to get into camp as early as you can to make a fresh start. And a fresh start probably means a new goalie coach, too. Yeah. And so I, you know, and I think that's the best thing for him. So, yeah, let him, uh, you know, get mentally stronger over the summer, do a lot of, you know, mental exercises and those kinds of things. He'll do that. Let him work on different things this summer. I would give him, I would have him doing some different things this year and, and hopefully, you know, that'll help him. But yeah, there was no, what was it going to do for him coming back from this? Yeah, um, right. I mean, I think it was a, Basically, once they were eliminated from the potential of, you know, and realistically, maybe not mathematical, but I, you know, realistically, they're not making the playoffs. So no. once that was clear, then, you know, if there's anything physical, I mean, most of these teams, if there's a player who's playing through it and they, they're not making the playoffs, they're shutting them down because these yeah, they're all they're all getting shut down. I mean, it, and it's like we always say, nobody's really healthy this time of year, but these guys play through these injuries all the time. And once they're out of it, then that's when, you know, they get shut down. Yeah. Um, we'll take some questions in the chat, but a couple a couple more things here. Um, Kevin Ball is making his debut for the New Jersey Devil. Now, Kevin Ball was a man, like six foot seven defenseman who was yeah. part of the Taylor Hall deal. So, yeah. again, you know, well, team he, yeah. he's, a, he's a good skater for a guy his size, especially. Uh I think there's a little something there. I don't know if he has put it all together just yet. So yeah. we'll see. They're going to have to figure that one out too because otherwise they're going to have to make changes to their blue line again. Although, look, I mean, at the end of the day, and I had never done the article, but I was going to, with Murray and Severson knowing each other so well, and, and, and that wasn't bad for them. No. But, they need to add to that blue line because Subban's not very good. Ty Smith's good, 
but they, they have work to do there. So look, and, and Zaka's really had a nice, nice season this year, and I'm happy for him. There's some pluses there, but they're just not a full team. There's parts there that are good, but they can't seem to put it together. And I mean, I would be shocked if they don't expose now. I don't believe Subban has no move because he's been traded a couple times. Um, but I'd be shocked. They're not, they're not going to buy him out because they need to get to the, get to the cap floor, but he's got a million, he's got one year left at 9 million. I don't think there's any way they're able to trade him in the off season. Even if they retain 50%, I think he's just going to play out the final year of that contract. And then if you want, I gotta stop this. So I don't know. Joe's pointing out that Billy Smith has a career save percentage of eight ninety five. You had to watch Billy Smith play yeah. to appreciate the goalie. You can't go with stats on Billy Smith's career. You can't because he did split a lot of time with Chico Rush. Yeah. Again, again, anybody who played through the, you know, seventies through the late nineties. Their save percentages are not going to be like 920. They're going to be like 890 because the equipment was not as good. And, you know, they, they were smaller goaltenders. And they were, I mean, they were playing against, you know, I mean, they were playing against Gretzky and Bernie Nichols and Trotje and Bossy and Curry. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just like well, there were guys with 199 point seasons. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. You know, guys like Rick Vive scored 50 goals three times, and he scored goals that nowadays nobody scores anymore. He like Rick Vive's prototypical goal was walking over the blue line at maybe the top of the faceoff circle along the boards and blasting it, and he and he would score a lot. And now. Nobody, no no goaltender, unless it's David Riddick against Vancouver last week, is allowing those goals. Nobody. Um, now, I, I mentioned this earlier, but the, the, actually, there's a good question here. But, I'll answer it. Um, Bill C says Kaprizov was called the best player not in the NHL for a long time. Who's that player now? Uh, I think it's Lucas Raymond. Yeah, very possible. I think it is. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be somebody at the top of the draft in the last couple drafts, and he was, what, fourth by uh, yeah. Detroit? Yeah, and I want to just look at the year he had. Um, I remember he was off to a good start. So he had 18 points in the SHL in 34 games. As an 18-year-old. As an 18-year-old. I mean, he was a point a game in the World Juniors. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Lucas Raymond. Um, yeah, and uh, – I know Quentin Byfield made his. He's nineteen now. He must have just. Oh yeah, his birthday's in March. Yeah, uh, Quentin Byfield made his debut last night uh, for uh, the LA Kings. Yep. Um, They've I, done it the right way with him, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I, I I very much applaud them. He got a chance to sort of break into the other league. He got a chance to see what professional hockey was like from the sense of a physical nature, because. Even though he's not the most physical guy, he's a big guy, right? So he's going to attract that kind of attention. He, um, I think he's he's come around really well, and he did some good things yesterday. I don't think he put a point on the board yet, but that's fine. Right now, you could con- contrast that to what Anaheim has, uh, how Anaheim has approached Trevor Zegras. Um, and the thing is, Zegras, 
I mean, I think he has shown he played 17 games with San Diego in the AHL and he's averaging over a point per game. Right. So clearly. But again, the AHL is a little easier than it's been too. Right. Care about that. But, yeah. but clear, clearly he's had success at that level. So they wanted to test him yes. and give him some opportunities in the NHL. And he's got seven points in 18 games, which for a, you know, a 20 year old kid is not shabby. No, it's, um, it's not shabby. I think the the big big thing for um, for Zegras is the way he skates. Like Byfield's a, a fast straight line skater. Mm-hmm. Zegras really works the edges and reminds me a lot of Jack Hughes's skating in certain certain circumstances. So when you have that kind of skating, then the elusiveness is there, and then yes, you can bring a guy up a little sooner that way. Yeah, Byfield. 20 points in 30 games with Ontario, and he gets an opportunity last night. Um, no points, but and it took a penalty. But you know, I mean, good to sort of you know stick your beak in the in the water and get a, get you know get a little test. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, that LA maybe they play him the rest of the season because they only have seven or eight games left. The interesting thing here is, and I'm wondering whether NHL teams especially when they're going to be, I think, even more budget conscious than they normally are, will hesitate. Like, okay, for example, Anaheim uh, played Zegras more than the seven games, so he was burning the first year of his ELC. Which is probably what the deal was anyhow. Right, for him to right for him to sign. Yes. Byfield signs his ELC. Uh, more than likely, he's not going to play the seven games. Right. Um, the AHL games don't count in terms of burning the, you know, the, the, the first year being activated. Now where I'm obviously focused on is Toronto. Uh, Nick Robertson has played six games. Um, now he played four games in the playoffs, but I don't believe that counts toward the, the, no, the playoffs don't count. Right. So he may not, he may not play the rest of the regular season because they would lose a year of on his ELC. Right. So I mean it. I mean that's that's something that will like I will track. And yeah. because, I mean that you know honestly it's like if down the line they have to trade a Newlander or they can't sign a Zach Hyman, you know Nick Robertson is probably going to be somebody who steps into the Leafs lineup uh, right away. Um, Okay, Zach McMillan, what does Columbus do after massive failure of season? Line A, Domi. That's a whole show. Okay, I mean, okay, first things first. Torts is not back. No. Well, they already said they're not retaining them. Oh, did they? I didn't even, I missed I believe they. I, I believe the word is out. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that, but it's not, you know, that's not exactly breaking news. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, first thing. I think it all depends on who they hire as the new coach. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, okay, it's easier. Okay, it's easier to fire one coach than twenty players, right? Depending depending on what Yarmo thinks. I mean, the value on Line A is down. The value on Domi is way down. Uh, Wierenski's got two years until he's a UFA. Jones has got a year until he's a UFA. They're going to try to get those guys signed. If they can't get them signed, then I think Yarmo is going to be preemptive and trade one of them. 
and yeah. sign the other one. But the thing is, he might lose both of them if the if the if the 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 uh, the trend continues in Columbus. Everybody's leaving because everybody has left. Yeah. So you know what he's going to have to do is be as proactive as possible. And 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 okay. And I do. I'll make this clear too with with the towards thing. It's yeah. it, people are saying it. It's coming out that way. It's never going to come out officially from the team. Right at the, at the after the Monday after the end of the regular season, they'll say thank you, John, for your blah blah blah. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. He's not coming. He's not coming back. Um. But what Yarmo is going to have to do in the offseason, depending on what is going on with those two defensemen, if he – if he, okay, defensemen like Wierenski and Seth Jones do not grow on trees. No. Okay, so those are guys that you have to get – If say, for example, because we heard the, the chatter about Philadelphia and Seth Jones. I don't know if it's realistic or what. But say, say for example, it is. Philadelphia has targeted Seth Jones. They want him. Right. And they want him without giving up Provorov because they want a top pairing of right. Jones and Provorov. Okay. Well, you can't – if you're if you're Yarmo, you can't go out there and say, okay, give me your first-round pick. And No, it's got to be players in the league. It's got to be Farabee. It's got to be – you know what I'm saying? It's got to be – It'll be Farabee or Konechny. Right. It'll be Frost or Faust. Tyson Forrester or Zade Wisdom, and then it'll be a first-round pick also. Right. It's It's got to be two or three pieces, mm -hmm. and it can't be all draft picks because, great, what is he going to do with all these draft picks? Right. You need bodies. You need players, and you need players that can be retained because they won't have any other choice but to stay in Columbus because, I mean, right now, like I said, Seth Jones is a UFA in the summer of 2022. If he isn't traded before that, even I don't care what you hear about. Well, he loves Columbus. Yeah. So did Panarin. So did Bobrovsky. And where are they now? I think he likes Columbus. Yeah. He doesn't like it enough to stay. And yeah, he likes Columbus, and he he would stay if they make him the highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, which they're not going to do. Right. So they're not going to pay him. 12 million a year. I mean, they might do it for one season, but I don't think that would be enough for him. No, no, no. I mean, this is his opportunity to get a long-term – remember, Seth Jones was in the McKinnon draft. What is he, 25, 26? Yeah. yeah. This is this is maybe not his last opportunity, depending on the length of the deal. But No, it's not his last. But, you know, if he, if he signs a four- or five-year deal, then he'd get another contract. But more than likely, he's going to look for the eight-year max deal. Yeah. Or seven years and look for probably well, okay. Carlson's making eleven five. Dowdy's making eleven. Subban's making nine. Uh Yossi, I believe, is making nine. I think Seth Jones is gonna be in the nine between nine, nine point five a year. We do have to say that um the NHL just posted a statement from Gary Bettman on the passing of former Flames owner Byron Seaman. So, yeah, it was announced early this morning. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's, um, you know, people who are covering the Flames who know a lot more. I know that he, he was an original owner, yeah. um, bringing the team from Atlanta, but I, I don't know much about uh, Mr. Seaman. So, 
condone. No, other than he was there in 80, right, and all that. Yeah. I, I, what I remember mostly about that team when they transferred from Atlanta was playing at the Calgary Corral, and the boards were – they they had to give them special dispensation because the boards were higher than NHL regulation. They 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 uh they had to I think because they were they were building the Saddle Dome. Remember the Saddle Dome was for the uh, eighty eight Olympics. So I, I, I don't know how many years that they played in the Calgary Corral. They had to be it had to be at least a call, at least three or four. If anybody knows in the chat, let me know. So I'm gonna have an issue with Barstool here. Spitting okay. Chicklets just tweeted out, "Hey, the new NHL deal with Turner and HBO means one thing: the return of twenty four seven. Yeah, that's great. If the show about the winter classics actually better than the winter classic you got a problem i'm worried about the actual game i'm not worried about the show that surrounds the game yeah okay so uh, the flames played the calgary corral for four seasons 80 through 83 so um they must the saddle dome must have been built uh in the years before uh the 88 olympics in calgary so that well, looks like Sorry, it looks like Cole Lynn's going to make his NHL debut tonight with Vancouver. He's a good player. I mean, I saw him two years ago in the AHL, and it was like a little spotty with um, his conditioning. I felt like he could have had longer shifts and maybe could have been a little better defensively, but he's a hell of an offensive talent. Like, he's got a really good shot, and he's got a knack for finding space on the ice. So we wish him good luck because he's a guy who I think could have some staying power, just needs to uh, get some playing time. So – We'll see. We'll see how Colin does for them, but that's um, yeah, that's a nice thing. That's an opportunity for him, right? So, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just checking the schedule tonight. A lot of games. Uh, Vancouver. You know what the number one game is in in this in on this show. Well, yes, uh, because when Eck comes back on Monday, if the Rangers have swept the Islanders, he will be, you know, spinning party. You know, spinning. <laughs> Blowing party favors, you know. He'll buy an Islanders jersey, a Ziggy Palfy jersey. <laughs> he will. No, Stefan Pearson. <laughs> he likes the he likes the Swedes. Who is um? Oh, who is the defenseman that always had the red face? He played for a long time for the Islanders. Dave Longevin? No, no, no. Not that long ago. Maybe like 10, 12 years ago. Oh, finish well. kid, finish guy. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, you mean uh, um? Jeez. See, it's out of your head too. Uh, he always, uh, he always had a red face. Hold on, I can look. Yeah, it up. Former flyer. No, 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 no. He he wasn't a former flyer. It wasn't Kenny? It wasn't Kenny Johnson because you said it finished. It was Johnson, isn't he finished? Well, sweet, right, sweet, sweet. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, Kenny Johnson. No, I mean, I, I, that's why I was a Yeah, I said Finn for some reason. Yeah, it's, he's a sweet. But, yeah, Kenny Johnson. He'll buy a Kenny Johnson. I'm glad Adam said this because I thought originally you said this. Of course, I lost my curse. I thought you said this. <laughs> you said Cole, uh, Cole Lynn, but I thought you said Paul Lynn. I was like, <laughs> you know. Paul like, Lynn, the center square. Yes, yes. And he was hilarious. He was great. Uh, yeah. Um, so Vancouver, Toronto. Dallas, Tampa, that'll be big for the Stars. Buffalo, Boston. Philly, New, New Jersey. Uh, Islanders, Rangers, that's the highlight of the night. Pittsburgh, Washington, that's a battle for the Michael Cohen says I'm walking to the Flyers Devils game. If I am walking to that game, it will take me like six hours. It's an hour and a half drive to Jersey. Yeah. If you're well, no, never mind. I won't say I'll be going to the game on Saturday here. 
but I couldn't even walk to that one. It would take like two hours. I was going to say something, but I'll, I'll have to go over the bridge. Yeah. It's probably best left unsaid. Mike. Uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, St. Louis, Minnesota, Florida, Chicago, and Calgary, Edmonton. So lots of games. Yes. Goalie FP had Kenny Hudson. You happy goalie. There you go. <laughs> he, he read my mind, even though I had the wrong nationality. There you go. Yes, uh, uh, Riley Nash skated today, not in practice, but uh, okay. so you know, with a little over two weeks left in the regular season, he skate with Brandon Pross. <laughs> Jeez, no, Brandon Pruss, Riley Nash has a contract. Oh, okay. Brandon Pross didn't. He just was waiting around. He was just skating around. He said, you know, he had nothing to do. Why not? Hey, geez, you know. <laughs> and you know, then a month into the season, and he's still, like, skating in there doing nothing. Yes. But uh, Riley Nash – no, that's what that jerk ball. Uh, that's the, the whole point here. Riley Nash will not be activated right. off of TIR. He will – and I don't think that he will start – they will not insert somebody who hasn't played a game in the regular season into the playoffs in game one. What they'll do is, you know, if they win game one, they'll go with the same lineup. They As soon as they lose a game, the first move that will be, we'll sit Pierre Engvall and play Riley Nash. Yeah. So, you know, for team camaraderie. And, and, and Cam points out that if certain things happen tonight, the Flyers are eliminated from playoff contention. What's very interesting is, there's a large contingent in that fan base that will be relieved when that happens. Yes, the lottery lovers. No, no, not the lottery lovers, just to like so that it's over so they don't have to stress about it anymore because it's been sort of like a roller coaster ride this year for that team and clearly with that. So Yeah, one of the things that we'll do and we'll end it here, but one of the things that we'll do once Oh, the thanks to everybody, right, for tuning into uh Oh, Rockology. Rockology is yeah. doing really well. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, if you're interested, in, we, we we had Eck on the show, and we uh, talked about the top 10 keyboard players in rock, pop, you know, music. Keyboard and piano. Keyboard and piano players. And uh, there were Mike, a couple, Mike pushed the boundaries of it for sure. Well, I, well, no, I didn't push the boundaries. Yes, he did. No, I didn't. Trust me. Believe me, Eck pushed the boundaries. Well, as I mean, we, the top I predicted the that. You have boundaries. to watch, but I predicted it. Yeah. Okay. All right. But what I was going to say is when, when the regular season is over with and we're not talking about playoffs, we're probably going to do like uh, reviews of some of these teams who have been eliminated from the playoffs and what they should do, what the organizations should do. But uh, sure, Paul, if you want to know if Roger Hodgson make made the cut, you'll have to tune in. Yeah, you have to watch. You have to give us a listen. So, all right. For uh, Russ Cohen, uh, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.